Welcome to Minions and Misfits, the family-friendly, actual-play, off-kilter TTRPG podcast where instead of playing as archetypal heroes, we assume the roles of common grunts and monsters and misfits. My name is Rebecca, and we are not playing this episode. We are recapping, reviewing, and all the words for what we're doing except for the word that we actually (laughs) use in the title. Uh, we're reflecting. On season three of Minions and Miff Miff Minions and Miff are the Minions and Miff. If we ever make it big, we'll have the knockoff podcast Minions and Miffits. Miffits. It's ship it. Minions and Muffins podcast Minions and Muffins. Oh. Muffins and Misfits. Muffins and Misfits. But I am here along with my fellow co-hosts, Sam. Hey. Cam. Yo. And Dylan. Again with the yoth. Hold again. <laughs> <laughs> got him. It's the communal yo. Nah. Uh, well, he's got a full lockdown on that yo. <laughs> Should have copyrighted it sooner. <laughs> TM TM. <laughs> well, for this season's, um, I'm gonna remember the proper word, even if I have to scroll. Retrospective. Retrospective for this season's retrospective. <clears throat> For this season's retrospective, I will be asking us some questions to talk about the season we just finished and uh, share some thoughts that we have about it and where we'll be moving on to next. Well, given that you were the the heart of this season, that seems appropriate. Well, please. Apropos. <laughs> well, let's talk about the game. First question. Did you have fun? No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely no. not. No, I loved it. Actually. It, was, it was a spectacular system. That's actually what I want to ask us about first, um, specifically, is what were some things you really enjoyed about the system, Babes in the mm. Woods 2E? So I really enjoyed it. I think I'll kick, the, I'll kick it off. Yeah, DM, DM should... Yeah. Well, I was reading the reviews and listening to reviews before we played it, and uh, they kept saying that they were. it was very, like, you got to go inside the mind of a child and, and play it as children, which I was really worried. Like, when I read that, that made me not want to play it because it sounded odd. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be adults who are pretending to be children, but it worked out really well. And um, I don't know, I like that there was a really innocent humor about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the system and, I mean, the artwork in the rule book. Yeah, pick up this book, guys. It looks, it's yeah, so it's beautiful. Really nice. Super cute. It, it is one of those yeah, rule books. Sh- that's huge worth shout it, out only... to Kim Nguyen. Oh my gosh, yeah. Say that one more time because I cut you off. Kim Nguyen did the art, so huge shout out to her. Just absolutely rocking it. But I really like this. I really like the system, and it's very good for world world building. And uh, yeah, so all props to Adam Voss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm agree. Very with curious to know what the differences were between first and second mm-hmm. edition. See how it actually switched out. For sure, I think the lack of pressure of like there's no death, there's like consequences for your actions, but there's not combat or violent violence you know it's all cartoonish mm-hmm. we found a it was way. really nice <laughs> yeah there's always violence especially when you're playing kids especially throwing um, turtles ultimately we're just grown-up kids and i think being able to go back to like make it simpler make it more mm. innocent and sweet is really nice and like connecting with your inner child i think is very good and healthy because you you still have pieces of that kid inside mm. your your noodle and your mush Deep inside Maybe the bush. Maybe your steam. <laughs> I think there's a cool part of it because we live in such a cynical society where when we play as these kids, 
there that cynicism is gone, and I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, because yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> we get to role play as people who are less jaded than we actually are. Yeah, yeah, right. What a concept. <laughs> Let's pretend to not be <laughs> so hurt. But but it's really it, it's kind of made fun of whenever you're you're earnest, and I think playing earnest characters is a good exercise. But yeah, I, I think mm. I think everyone could do with a little bit less cynicism. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's, I think mm-hmm. that was probably my favorite part. Is is it is a earnest yeah. game, not a cynical game, which is very cool. Yeah. What's yeah. the what's the C.S. Lewis quote here? He's talking about like there's like a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. Mm. <laughs> Something like that. that. Sound, I don't know if that's a quote, that's but that's kind correct. of uh-huh. that's kind of what we were. I mean, there's I feel like that's what we approach that a lot of these with. Yeah, uh. it's like we're not making you know we're not making adult content. We're not making kids content. We're just making content that can be enjoyed by all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's the goal with all this. Uh, from a like a gameplay perspective, I've read lots of. Powered by the Apocalypse games, but this is the first mm. time I've actually played one. I really do like the emphasis that the system and its all of the games that it spawned has on narrative moves. Like your moves mm. are not just combat abilities, but your moves are things that you do within the narrative. Yeah, um, which really makes it a, a perfect system for actual play content because it's. Yeah. Because combat just is boring. interlocks so <laughs> Yeah, because combat... As combat the final of our first season table, will tell you. far worse in an actual play <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just go back and listen to the finale for our first season. You'll see how boring combat is. Just listen to the first <laughs> half of the Morkborg Halloween episode. Oof. <laughs> I did not finish the finale of season one, I'm going to admit. Oh, no. <laughs> I, actually, I think I went and listened to the retrospective, though, because I was like, I want to know how it ended. Skip, I actually just went ended. back it's and... It's really good. Like that, yeah, you I skip past the combat, and it's... It, I mean, or towards the end of combat because it, it finishes off pretty yeah. spectacularly. Yeah, you gotta and you gotta hear the song that I wrote for the epilogue. <gasps> it's true. Oh my gosh! Yeah, straight up. I remember, yeah. Did I, I not hear the song? I, oh, yeah. a, I made a goblin parody of the times they are a changing by Bob Dylan and had Sam <laughs> sing it as Gorfit. <laughs> it was uh, excellent. Our amazing. finest work, honestly. We should have that as a separate <laughs> file on our our. Our on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could. We could do Patreon still. If we ever get to that level, mm-hmm. we'll see. If anybody's interested. Yeah, I really love uh, systems that emphasize failure because mm, yeah. I feel like when you're playing a... I think D&D falls into this trap. It's like you always want to make that dice roll when yeah. you're playing D&D. Yeah. Whereas in these kinds of games, it's like, I want it to be good, but like it's always going to be interesting no matter what I roll. Right. It's written yeah. into the rules of the game. The game tells mm-hmm. you... like. Something happens when you fail the roll. Here's yeah. what happens when you fail the roll. That's one of the best parts about uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games is mm-hmm. that they there's always a built-in fail state that keeps I the was... momentum going instead of just grinding it to a halt. Yeah, like, whoops, you did bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say the same thing, Dylan, of, like, it was cool to be re-listening and realize there were times where I used my wish to get a partial mm. success mm-hmm. because that yeah, was more yeah. fun and more interesting. more interesting because the conditions but are like, different yeah yeah but with like Baldur's Gate 3 playing that or other D&D-esque games if I have a chance to re-roll I want to succeed yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will save scum until I get the uh, oh, yes. the nat 20 that I need to get this uh, to pass this check yes yes Although- and alas we cannot do that in actual TTRPGs <laughs> <laughs> did you have a thing you were going to say Sam? 
it was kind of a tangent. I think um, I've been thinking about this a lot, but with like D and D, one of the cool things is nothing to do with the game. So I'm really sorry, but it's one of the <laughs> because D and D gets so specific. <laughs> That can be mm-hmm. annoying in some instances, but then the moments where your specificity hits its niche, those mm. moments are always golden. Super satisfying. Y- yeah. yeah. And it's like... It's the situations a... that the writers thought of. Exactly, mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah. back it's to true. the good stuff. Well, let's go to another question about our game. This one was sent um, in by what us. What are some things you really enjoyed about your character mm. and about other players' characters? Who wants to start? Hmm. I've got to think about this. I should have thought more about <laughs> my you, you answers think, to my questions. Well, <laughs> my number one favorite thing about Puddles is that I got to do his voice, which is yes. my honestly one of my favorite voices ever is the droopy dog voice. And um, I like the point where I started as like, what is one of the hallmarks of being a sentient being? And that is anxiety. So what happens? What happens when an animal gains sentience? Well, the first Amen. thing that happens is crippling anxiety. <laughs> and then he got—he really got a chance to grow from there. Um, yeah. As he was kind of like, because Muffins is a child and Jake was literally born yesterday. Yeah. That makes that makes Puddles the de facto adult in the room, and so he kind of had to overcome his misgivings and overcome his hesitancy and his anxiety to kind of be the uh you know the leader of the group in a way Mm -hmm. yeah i i love how he kind of is a a parallel to the um the cowardly lion Mm. of this fearful sentient animal that grows so much and i think in the first episode of the season he was also kind of de factoing to Muffins, like you're so mm-hmm. smart, Muffin. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, Muffin yeah. knows, and Muffin was often protecting him. But but by the end, he really has become like this, almost like a mentor to Muffin yeah. mm-hmm. and someone that this little girl who's been just kind of fending for herself for forever can rely on. Yeah. Same with Jake. Like Jake was a really on tough one part. to play. The uh, the craziest yeah. part though is that it happened so gradually that I did not even realize that it was happening. <laughs> That's <laughs> perfect. Was then. That yeah. I think <laughs> probably the, what makes him such a great character in my mind. It's like I play I played him so well that I didn't even know that I was doing it. As far as things I like about the other characters, like Jake was just an excellent source of uh, of humor as the uh, archetypal. Like I said, born yesterday, just like yeah. But then, as, as a source of jokes about, I was born yesterday, but even I know that this is this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the thing I was difficult with him because I I was trying to balance a naivety, but also like not making it so frequent and constant that it becomes mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah. So like I had to bake in some things. Like okay, there's some things he just naturally understands and innately knows, right. but just for function's sake. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the magic but of the Maywood, I, too. Yeah, like, I don't... Mm-hmm. If he was just, like, a really stupid toy, that would kind of... I don't know. That would kill a bit of his story arc, whereas, in reality, like, yeah. he was given a specific time... A time uh, kind of sentience. I mm-hmm. think one of my favorite things about... I had a task. Oh, yeah. And that's what helped. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite things about the characters is I really... I didn't even intend to do this. This is on you guys, but I really feel strongly... <laughs> that everyone's arc ended on a really great note at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was spectacular. I don't think we could have planned it better. No. 
No. And I'll tell you, none of that was planned. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I didn't even know mine was happening. <laughs> it just kind of occurred. Yeah, muffins, I think, or muffin, muffin, muffins, we never really, muffin, yeah, who knows. Singular. Muffin, yeah. It started as muffin. muffin. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kept misnaming them constantly. <laughs> uh, but muffin was definitely like the heart of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And that, that storyline really made it something special. Uh, that being said, Puddles is still my favorite character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, Puddles I, ended I up being stuffed the, Puddles. He ended up being the breakout star of the, of the season, I think. <laughs> but so good. I agree. Muffins is definitely Muffin is definitely the main character of the of the season. Yeah. And I think Rebecca, you did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, lo- a lot of people would probably shy away from like being so blatantly the main character of something but you really owned it and owned it yeah like the just the emotions that you put into muffin were just a plus yeah couldn't if i remember correctly sam had that pretty intentionally when we were talking about this season beforehand is that right sam um i we we knew from the get-go that she would be working with the rock um, mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, there's also part of it where with Puddles being a turtle and you being a talking toy. <laughs> Whatever yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's the only one who's who is trying to get home. Esther wants to get home, but she doesn't really know it because she's a little baby. Mm. And so mm-hmm. there is, she is the most human part of the story, in part because she's one of the most flawed. Like, she doesn't even just have a personality flaw. She has like a character flaw. She is doing something mm. wrong. And... It's that redemption, because remember, with Minions and Misfits, a lot of the time, whenever I'm involved in the story, it's about uh, if they're going the wrong way, they're either going to keep going that way or they're going to turn around. There's either going to be damnation or redemption. And so part of it was finding her redemption, which I thought was really cool. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I really liked it because it, it did feel like, like you know, Muffin was the main character, but I really felt and I really liked how it didn't end with Muffin being the star. It ended with all three of you yeah. like mm. yeah. doing what everybody you had, to do. had a moment of greatness exactly mm. in fact and muffin could have done it without without them like it is very much like sure. Samwise Gamgee carrying frodo it's like yeah frodo may have had the emotional burden but he wouldn't have done it without sam and that's mm-hmm. and it just ended i don't know i, I really couldn't have <laughs> thought of a better ending and it, again that's not on that it, it just happened. It's just just part of the magic of the <laughs> That's moment. That's collaboration. Oh, yeah. Think about how far we've come, Mister Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Muffin, there are a couple things I wanted to do with Muffin. I mm. I wanted to lean into the fact that she was a child, and like children need to be cared for. We all need to be cared for, but children especially just don't have yep. the tools or the maturity to take care of themselves so when like she got hurt she's not thinking about anyone else anymore she's no, just she's like breaking I down need immediately. a yep. <laughs> yeah um and like she is hurt by her parents and lost like they i also wanted to explore just the theme of um like being hurt by our parents even when mm. they're not necessarily doing anything bad but parents are our first primary caregivers and they are going to fail us and even when that's oh they your stay-at-home dad had to go back to work to make ends meet that still hurts and there's still that loss and she had to she this had this defense mechanism of i take care of myself but she had to Mm -hmm. learn to to depend 
on puddles and on Jake, and then finally she could she could go home, depend on her parents again with all their flaws. And I really, I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed y'all's characters. I don't know if I have anything new to say. You've already said so many beautiful things about Jake and Puddles. Ugh, just gems. Do we have a question about NPCs or should we just talk about this We do. Quick? Let's talk about okay, some good. NPCs now. <laughs> I want to know. Keep but rolling. First, let me ask you, Sam. Okay. Um, like what was... Or what were some of your favorite NPCs? Oh. And what was the inspiration behind them? Oh, goodness. Okay. Monty Python. Actually, you <laughs> know what? No, it wasn't It wasn't Monty Python. I love Monty Python, but actually, I mean, the, the main one and my favorite, like if I had to get, like, you know, uh, artwork done, it would be Quentin. I love Quentin. Yes, uh, Quentin, Quentin is my favorite. It was, it was painfully obvious in the way I ran the game, but I loved Quentin. He was kind of the... <laughs> He's part. He was in my mind. He was part of the magic of the Maywood. He was almost like an oh, omnipotent yeah. narrator, kind of like a Gandalf mm. figure. Um, he reminded kind of like the rooster from um, the Robin animated Hood. Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah, that's exactly that's what I, I was about to say. Alan yeah. Dale. I mean, all of them are really heavily inspired by Into the uh, Over the Garden Wall. I keep saying Into the Garden Wall. Over the Garden Wall. Much shorter story. story. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I loved Quentin, um, and I, I it was really funny. You guys were all hated him at first. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Yeah, that's why we love him. Um, he and that way he had an arc too. Yeah, but he was very much uh, his whole his inspiration. The inspiration for Quentin was all uh, Conan O'Brien's nineteen twenties voice. Mm. Like if this were uh, ever yeah. a movie, I would want Conan O'Brien to play Quentin. Um, nice. That would be that's my dream casting. That is my uh, my Alan Rickman to Snape is is Conan O'Brien as Quentin. <laughs> um, and then I mean there were other obvious ones like Donathan was just straight up oh Barney Fife. Oh Donathan. Yep. Love yeah. Donathan. Uh, like not even not even inspired by just was he just Barney. was Barney <laughs> Fife. Uh, Wes, no less. Sorry, Les. I had to make up in, mm. in just that one was fun. That was like spur of the yeah. moment. Spur of the moment. Yeah. yeah was yeah. he? Totally spur of the moment. Um, I knew I wanted to incorporate a catfish because one of the influences was Big Fish, which is all about stories in the South. And so uh, I knew I wanted to incorporate catfish because I love catfish. And I love that. If we're doing it on a river, we have to have catfish. But did not anticipate it taking that form. But yeah, so that was that. And I was like, what's the voice that I'm not already doing? And I was like, just weird and slow. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. There were a lot of silly voices. I think one of the more special characters to me was Karina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Karina is based off a real life girl who I worked with when I was working in the public school system and mm. she was just like her character in that like nobody else could stand her all her teachers were annoyed by her all her classmates hated her but sh- she was like in a it was one of the things where she had to check in with me as one of the teachers at the end of the day and I'd sign off on stuff and me and her got along splendidly and I thought she was the coolest mm-hmm. person ever but nobody else did and I felt so bad <laughs> and <laughs> She was she was so wonderful, and I and I really uh, yeah I really cared about her, and so justice for Karina. Yeah, justice for Karina. Uh-huh. We love you, Karina. Yeah, those those are the kids that always grow up to be cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Like at, after after all of the cool kids have petered out in college, she she will just be coming into her own as a, an just actual a good cool human. adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just realizing who cares that these yeah. people don't like me. Uh-huh. There are people who do like me, and I'll hang out with them. Absolutely. So, Karina, by, if by some chance you're listening to this, 
I think you're awesome, and you're going to do great things. And then uh, the rot. I mean, again, the rot is is really um, oh, the rot. The rot. <laughs> Visceral, real good, real good. Um, so I'm not going to give it a whole lot away since I think one of the best things about a villain like the rot is the yeah, mystery is the unknown mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. he is based off of the villain in, in over the garden wall the uh the beast and so there's yeah. definitely aspects yeah. of that yeah um <laughs> i just like to get which this whole this whole system is heavily oh yeah inspired by over the yeah. garden wall. I, in, in, like, in, yeah. in my mind our whole season was just an homage to over the garden wall uh-huh. mm-hmm. which if you haven't watched it go it's watch so it it's good. incredible yeah it's, it's one of those things that i kind of just have to go back and rewatch once a year yes mm. it's only like you can watch it in a day. It's like, you know, a two and a half hour series. It's great. But I also wanted to kind of give him this oily, kind of too smooth yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Mission accomplished. Thanks to everyone's hard work, I think it all worked <laughs> out. But it was... I, so good. Oh, and then, of course, obviously, boy and mother. Yeah. Yes, boy. Uh, and boy. Unnamed boy. <laughs> man, man and mother. Mother, mother, look. Mother, mother, mother. mother. <laughs> Which, if we're talking about casting, I would definitely have Nick Kroll voice the mother and John Mulaney voice the son. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nice. Specifically as their roles in, um, what's the In, in Oh Hello. Oh Hello. Yes. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they, I don't, I, I don't remember how I came up with them. I think that was more just a stupid aside that. Another spur of the yeah, moment. That's yeah, that's just another goofy so ad lib. That just cracked us up so much, it just kept coming. <laughs> Your voices this season, Sam, were spectacular. Oh, I enjoyed Rima. all of them. Oh, we, something you said. Oh, please go ahead. I was going to say, we almost left off the most important character who came in at the very last minute, but also uh, left the hugest yes. impact. And that is Sammy the Gecko. Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy. This was so cute. I couldn't handle it. Can we get a little bit of that voice one more time, Sam? Th- why are you quiet? Stop it. <laughs> I need art immediately. I can just see him and he's so cute. This is the perfect children's show character. I just like the idea that he's I just... can just see me like sitting with my child one day, but every time Sammy comes on, my kid's just annoyed because I'm weeping. <laughs> this is like the one like I would I would pay a serious amount of money to see this whole season just animated. Like I think it would look uh, really that'd cool. Be so cool. Uh-huh. If only. But I like the idea of Sammy of being this like little really adorable, cute animal who's kind of just a turd, like because he's kind of just because <laughs> his whole motivation is the whole time is can I get her off my log? Like can yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just go. Because I, I like oh, the idea that you know Muffin like wants a therapy session and he's like I want a nap. Therapy gecko says no. <laughs> <laughs> therapy gecko has better things to do, like lick his eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah, I like the re- uh, the, uh, the reveal that he and Puddles have known each other for years. Yeah, that's, that since cool. childhood. A little glimpse into Puddles' past. But speaking of the past... <gasps> um, Smooth segue. Cam and Dylan, what were some mm. of your inspirations in the character creation process? Like, Oh, man. That inspired where you went with your character? <laughs> Toy Story. Honestly, <laughs> mine was pretty much just like bolt out of the blue like as soon as i heard mm-hmm. the freight the words talking animals i was like <laughs> turtle droopy dog voice nailed it mm-hmm. i'm done perfect throw, done. The, throw the papers up in, in one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so when we started the season i had the choice of being 
uh, a toy, a critter, or I believe a wood, uh, wood straw was already off the table. Mm. Uh, so I was like, I could be one of these two things. Yeah, per our um, um, per our minions and misfits rules, there's also two classes yeah. you can play. One's called is it little kids and big kids, and there's yes. like normal yeah. kids who got lost in the Maywood. And although Muffin, woods child. yeah, and Muffin was a woods child, which is a kind of someone who's wandered aimlessly through the wood for a long time and become part of it. So we could not play as uh, like those normal characters. We had to play as kind of weirdos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't play as big or little kids. Sorry. Yeah. Continue on. You're good. That's a helpful explanation. Yeah, that's yeah. better than I was going to say. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, okay, Toy has a lot of options. Uh, and I knew Cam was already working on some sort of good critter. Uh, and so when I thought of toys, I was like, okay, which... I was looking for physicality with the toy. And then I was like, okay... And then I was trying to think of a garbage name, because I love garbage names. And I was like, okay, if we have a Jack and the Bajake in the box, okay, here we go. We can work <laughs> with this. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Jake really came about because I was thinking just great physical jokes with the spring and the box and everything. You mm-hmm. can do all sorts of fun stuff with that. So that's really how he came about. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's physical comedy just built right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Muffin, um, I already talked about how I, I wanted to look at you know parent pain but with her her name and just like thinking about her appearance i remember just doing some doodles of a little girl in overalls Mm. and then somehow i think i had drawn her with curly hair and i thought about my cousin i have a cousin who named uh, muffin Named Who's muffin. named Muffin. No. <laughs> oh. she, has, she got lost she has in the a woods. very normal name, but she has very curly hair. Her dad is very white, and her mom is Dominican, and she has kind of loose, fluffy curls, naturally. Ideal. And as a kid, at school, she would actually get made fun of. They would call her Muffin Head. Oh, which I no. always thought was ridiculous because one, her curls were adorable, and two, yeah, muffins are hair. awesome. Like, right. <laughs> how is that making fun they're of her by calling your, her something amazing? And the, the they're your the excuse to eat cake for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and the top is the best part of the muffin. Exactly. So I was like, I think muffin is an adorable nickname. Let's yeah. reclaim this uh, for good. And so she got the name muffin. Get, yeah, come up with better, better mocking kids. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Up your game. Mocking her adorable hair with an adorable name. Perhaps it's all just a good analogy for the fact of, like, there's not really much worth mocking in a person. Yeah, just... just Not like that. Do you. Yeah, if you have to reach that hard, maybe you should just be doing something else with your time. Yeah, maybe what people are mocking you for is actually uh, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had nice loose curls. That'd be fun. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I just have very boring black straight hair. Well, let's talk about the season in general uh, mm. a little bit. How would you compare this to past seasons? It's very much its own thing, uh, which it's I loved. Hugely different from the yeah, yeah, just yeah. the fact that it was so combatless. The characters were so much different. Just there was a, there was an innocence to this one that we didn't have mm-hmm. in the others. Yeah, it was for me. It was kind of a breath of fresh air after season two because. Mm. Obviously, mm-hmm. I played a really big departure from what I'd like to play, because... Um, Careful about spoilers. Some people may be listening to this one uh, before going back to season two. It's oh, true. That's true. Well, my character was basically straight-up evil. Mm. And so <laughs> yeah. and so to play a system where there's this sense of goodness, the sense of innocence, I don't know, I feel like it'll always be its own special thing to me. I really, I really enjoyed it. Mainly because mm-hmm. of you guys, because you guys are awesome. No. 
Yeah, I, I definitely like the innocence and the different play on Minions and Misfits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where before it had been kind of common mobs and like grunts. Right. Now it's, it's much more like, oh, what about... Yeah, what if um, these were thrust in? People who don't fit in. What about the in. Wizard of Oz? <laughs> just people yeah. that don't fit in. Misfit toys. Like, just the the cute little supporting cast to the missing child. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was very fun. Agreed. Yeah, I think it kind of expanded our concept of what Minions Misfits could be, mm-hmm. which really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really got Ooh. me thinking about, like, other potential just out-of-left-field takes on the Minions and Misfits concept. Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. But something I should have asked before to, like, you know, go straight down the mainstream, but instead we're skipping around. Sam, what oh. was some of your inspiration? You've already talked a little bit about how, like, Over the Garden Wall heavily inspired um, the mainstream and the Maywood, but obviously this is much more summary. What all, what all else that you haven't mentioned inspired the Maywood? Oh, um, well, I love summer. Uh, some of the happiest times of my life is when I worked at a summer camp. And mm. so, actually, me and Rebecca worked there together. Um, yeah. And wow. so I always love summer. I love, you know, the fireworks, the running around, the everything. You know, the, the camp was in the south, and so I really just loved everything about it. And so, you know, when other people say their favorite seasons, for some reason... I, a lot of people say fall or spring, I or even winter, and I, I'm always summer, and it's so easy. What monster says winter? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so, again, when I came across this system, because I really loved Over the Garden Wall, I was like, what if we did this system? But the, the, the system, if you buy it, is, is built for kind of Halloween and the fall. And so I thought it would be interesting to kind of twist it into the summer, because that's what I love. That's what I'm more passionate about. Especially, like, the kind of classic Americana, Route 66, um, kind of, like, all that good vintage stuff. I thought is a really cool and iconic look. Um, Mm. And so um, that was a really big influence. Um, You know, for me, one of my favorite feelings and something I developed when I was a kid was when we would visit my... I I grew up in in the north, and we would come down to see my grandma in Missouri. In in the summers, I, I, I remember every time we would get out of the car for the first time and we would hear the cicadas and the heat mm. of the of the warmth would hit you and I just, I've always loved mm. that feeling. Again, I think a lot of, you know, it's going to sound really sketchy and cliche, but a, a lot of a lot of me went into this season. I really, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's just part of DMing, it's dude. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this more than any time else because it really, uh, you know, I, I played a system called... Um, the quiet year to create the world. So even the the uh, hollows and everything are created by me. And so all that stuff about summer and over the garden wall. And then I also love the Tim Burton movie, Big Fish, which mm, is yeah. kind of hits this at several levels. Uh, the, the book by, I think it's David or Daniel Wallace, one of the two, um, is also was a big influence. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, one of the other cool parts was I was able to play yeah, Daniel Wallace. Daniel Wallace. Okay, sweet. Um, I was able to play all these really cool characters, which was really stretching my abilities in terms of the voices and, and stuff. And so, yeah, it was, it will always have a really special place in my heart because I really just care deeply. Like even the character of Karina, like you, if you listen to it, you might think that I'm kind of haphazardly throwing her in there, but it's like, it's based on somebody who I have like a deep compassion for. And she felt very intentional. Okay, good. It felt very real. Yeah. Very real. (laughs) Yeah. 
kind of in a way like symbolizing the entrance into this much more real and dark parts of um of Muffin's heart and of Jake and Puddles having to to address that too and they got mm. to to first help Karina and I th- I thought it was lovely. Yeah. And I think the last Guys, I'll be right back. I think um I'm sorry, I'm monologuing. But I think like that's what these that's are what for. That's what I just asked you to do. So continue. I've been like waiting for this question because I I like you can't make so much of my heart into as this. As long as as long as you're not just repeating the same thing over and over, just give us yeah, we'll stop you then. <laughs> no, I think the only other um, part about it is that there's also that light horror aspect of this season. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've come to really yeah, the most innocent and yet the most creepy. Yeah, it's like it's the most. <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly right. And over the garden walls the same way. And I've come recently, very recently, to enjoy kind of that light horror where it's not Mm. bloody. It's more about the mystery behind it. It's gothic horror. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was really cool because there is this sweetness to the season. But there's also it's spookier than any of our other seasons, too, which Mm. I think is really cool. And there's all about these different aspects of the unknown when it comes to the world and the 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 lore in my mind that we only really touched on the the, the surface of, and I really like that in a world where your mind fills in the gaps. I I really enjoyed yeah. making it, and a lot of me went into it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as listeners and as players. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh a+. yeah. Definitely. Sam, were there any areas of the Maywood, any hollows that you made but didn't get to share that you'd like to share about now? <laughs> um. Yes and no. Uh, so I created the, the the Maywood using a system called the Quiet Year, which if you've ever listened to the Adventure Zone, that's how they made the Ethersea. And so several different pieces were included that we didn't touch on. Most of them we did, but for anyone who hasn't read through the system over the uh, over the Ironwall, uh, Babes in the Woods Second Edition, uh, the map it gives you is like it has a big circle that represents the woods. And then a big squiggly line, and they lead to different <laughs> yep. hollows. Because there's the, That's the it. idea is, you know, we're going to post up the picture of the map drawn by Emma B. And it's kind of a really good layout. But in reality, the May stream will take you wherever it wants you to go. You can't really navigate it. Um, which is why Quentin the Boatwright is such a pivotal role. Because the only person who really knows how to navigate it is Quentin. But there was, at, some, at one point in the May stream, there's like a dam. Uh, but we didn't really go to that. Oh, yeah. Um, we we touched on Mayfield, but really we kind of... we're st- Kind of skirted it a little we bit. We stealthed yeah. around it, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. It worked out really well. Didn't want to face a dentist. No. <laughs> um, could have really like put life. in that song from mm-hmm. Little Shop of Horrors, and we totally missed that opportunity. <laughs> um, there's also like a weird church-type thing that... I didn't even really develop very much, if I'm being honest, because I thought it'd be kind of weird to incorporate that a little bit, not mm. really in the flavor of the season. And then... I don't Are know, there the, any NPCs that you had planned that you didn't yeah. get to use? The dentist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had this whole plan for you guys to like, like be against dentist. the dentist and the mayor's wife who wanted to only eat healthy and you were sneaking in snacks, but... We kind of skirted that, which is fine. It worked out really cool. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Hank Boppet was uh, totally uh, improvised. Um, forgot about Hank really? Boppet. Oh, Love man. Love Hank Boppet. I was like, oh, gosh, they want to do this. Uh. <laughs> um, Every DM ever. But it was. Truly. But it's that kind of cool. Like, that's the the magic of, of 
what we're doing here and the magic of tabletop is that it creates these moments that are just completely organic. I think in the the only other NPC that I can think of is in the dwellings, which is where you met Sammy and Mr. Wilson and is uh, Puddle's home and kind of around the place that you guys started the adventure and then ended it. Hmm. Um, there is kind of a legend of a big old bad bear, but it just didn't. There wasn't really a place yeah. for it. I saw that on the map, but I was wondering if that was yeah. artistic license or if that was something that you had actually planned but not used. Everything she labeled on the map is part of my original blueprint for the Maystream. Nice. Wow. Cool. Um, and there's some parts of it that I'm going to, I'm open to explaining, and some parts that I think are kind of fun to just leave there. Yeah, let, let the mystery mm. be. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry, I've talked a lot. But thank you for the question, because... I've asked you a lot of questions. It's true. It's and I'm going to ask you a few more, but I'm going to give you a second <gasps> to rest your voice. Um, while I ask <laughs> Dylan and Cam... Flips coin. <laughs> um, just going more general to... Mm-hmm tabletop RPGs and collaborative storytelling. How do you feel like, or what are some lessons you feel like you've learned or seen as a player from this season? Like how mm. how might you say like, oh, I think I've grown in this way? Or even just like, I saw this good principle I brought this uh, up that earlier, I would recommend to other players to think about and to, yeah, to incorporate. I brought this up earlier, but embrace failure as a player. Mm. Like let that dice be a bad roll. It mm-hmm. just happens, and it makes the story more interesting when you fail. Mm-hmm. There's a reason people don't like perfect paragons like Superman. Like those stories are mm-hmm. hard to tell. You have to fail. I like Superman. <laughs> that's why all get out. That's why All Star Superman is so good because he has to fail by default. Mm. Death of Superman, man, great movie. Mm. <laughs> I would say one of the biggest things I took away from the season is the way Sam used us to help flesh out the world mm. by uh, voicing uh, NPCs mm. and basically being his scene partner at different points. Yeah, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Not I definitely I really want to incorporate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, hold on. There goes my Ooh, dog. Got a bork bork. <laughs> my sweet girl. That's the big bear of the Maywood. <laughs> Her name is Spoilers. Parsley. <laughs> um, I feel like I am a very like bold, engaged, and excited player. And I often worry that I can hog the spotlight because I'm just like, oh, but this would be so cool, even with someone else's <laughs> scene. And so I I hope, <laughs> I definitely had to practice like stepping back and waiting and also figuring out how can I promote their moments. Mm-hmm. I like that cool. though. I, I like, because my... My playing style is the exact opposite of that. I like having somebody who's peppy, engaged, that I can mm. play the foil to. Mm. Yeah. That makes see, me I, happy. It's, it's really interesting because my play style in like my personal D&D group that I actually meet with is I'm the chaos gremlin in that group, <laughs> always. Like, I'm the guy making crap happen. I'm in make forcing things to happen. So the DM loves me. The players do not. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I, I think in it's interesting that it's different in this setting. I feel like I just kind of mm-hmm. adapt to whatever's needed for the podcast. Because, yeah, we'll have to see how, how it goes. But I, it very much is a different feel. <laughs> that's really cool that you've been able to, like, step into different roles as a player yeah. and adapt and, and learn to, like, look for that. It was especially cool in the finale. Spoiler for the finale of the season. You should really listen to that yeah, heavy before spoiler. you listen to the retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
We're assuming if you listen to the retrospective, you listen to this season. Yeah, it's one. Yeah. <laughs> it's one thing. It's one thing to spoil stuff that happens in other seasons that you may not have listened to yet. But you should probably have listened to all of season three before <laughs> listening to this. Um, but getting to support Puddles in his moment of like going and really mm. being courageous, and then having to use the self control to not save Jake. Like I obviously Muffin yeah. was like, let's can we fix him? Um, but having to actively make that choice of no we're letting it be a failure and mm-hmm. no i'm not gonna go and like save esther um mm-hmm. gonna let jake uh so for for players who are like me and are really excited and really engaged one let this be a, a nice example for you that you're not annoying <laughs> <laughs> um but don't forget to to let let those failures happen and yeah. see how you can like support the quieter players at the table. It's really mm-hmm. fun. It's really good. This is good. something I try to do as a DM, not as a player as much, but as a DM, I always try to specifically if I notice like someone's getting like almost outshone or just kind of mm-hmm. like doesn't have their opportunities to shine as much. I'll ask them specific questions directly as, as the character yeah. uh, to just try and get them in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always interesting how that works out. Uh, but it, it, I think everyone also struggles with main character syndrome when you're playing a tabletop game because yeah. you're all you're all your own main character. In right. This. I, yeah. None of you are the main character. <laughs> I don't know. You I put a like... lot of you put a lot of work into your character, and the way that you yeah. feel about them is is real, um, mm-hmm. even if they aren't. Although I feel like so. the way that we structured the show so far is we've had main characters. Like I feel like Israel was very much. Yeah. Well, this is more referring to general tabletop. Oh, that's true. Play. Yeah. 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 And it's okay if there's someone who's kind of like more the driving force. That can still be mm-hmm. really fun. I agree. Yeah, that could be very helpful. In fact, yeah. I think and in a, Israel in season two. And a, I'd say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say in a part of what I think the magic formula of this season is is that it wasn't any one of us the whole time that was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, all it shifted who was uh, who was sort of motivating the actions of the party the whole time yeah that's really true yeah that's one of my favorite things about the finale is i feel like it really balanced that out perfectly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think so hard to do in a finale oh, yeah. too it just worked out so perfectly i it's <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorite episodes we've ever done it's i'm very proud oh, of yeah. it i think one thing i've learned and i said this in the finale is if you read the book which you totally should uh you will notice that we did a lot of stuff wrong um, <laughs> very, very wrong. But we still... Ha- or just forgotten. Oh, yeah. But we still had a ton of fun. And so <laughs> I want to encourage anyone who wants to, you know, DM or GM, it's not about knowing everything. You want to yeah. know as much as you can. But, I mean, everyone's going to have to take pauses. I think th- that's something I've learned this season is being able to enjoy the pauses because when you're a DM, mm-hmm. you feel the need to always fill in the air. And I really enjoyed that this season there were moments where I could just sit back for five minutes while you guys did it, and that's a really satisfying feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not going to always get it right. No. So just play it and have fun mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah, show yourself grace. Absolutely. Because we didn't do and, it all right. And remember that it doesn't have to be perfect to have a good time with your friends. And mm-hmm. like keep that goal in mind, that the goal is to tell a story that you can all enjoy. See, I would even say... Cause I, I, Sorry, I'm not trying to call you out. No, go ahead. What I what I tell people who are going to run a game is, what is the DM's number one job? Mm. What is it? Do you know? What would you say tell it is? Tell a story I would say, is my opinion. What do you say? Tell a story. 
See, I would say, and, th- and again, it's totally subjective, but I would say... That yeah, this is where different styles come in. Yeah. The DM's job is to make sure that everyone at the table is having fun. Mm. Mm. You have a much nicer... <laughs> <laughs> my, my answer was going to be to guide the players. Mm. So it's in- And um, I think it all, though, goes back to... Like, why we're here is to have a story we enjoy, whether that's mm. through guiding the players, making sure the players get along. <laughs> like, it, it looks in different ways, but ultimately, it's we want to hang out with our friends, and we want to tell stories together. We love stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also had the pleasure of being in a very, um, we'll say, mixed-level group, mm. where <laughs> some people are very, very experienced in whatever game we're playing. Some people, this is their first time. And so, and that's always been the case for my groups. Like, it's always been an interesting mixture, which... You, you see a lot of cool dynamics with that. Mm-hmm. So don't be scared if you haven't played before. People will help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's transition to the end of our retrospective by looking forward. Forward spectrum. Mm. Um, <laughs> first, though, uh, we like to talk about different systems here. We like to not just stick to old classic Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons. Uh, what are some new systems that have been on y'all's radar? Oh, uh, just some that you're excited and want about and want to plug, and uh, maybe some that you think could really fit for this podcast. Well, y'all know I'll, y'all oh, know me. Oh, yeah. I um, I'm a fan of the work of Chris McDowell. We played into the odd mm-hmm. for the uh, second season where I DM'd, um, and his new game, Mythic Bastion Land, his uh, medieval yep. game of knightly adventures and questing, has a uh, been successfully kickstarted and i i backed it at the level to get a pdf copy of it um so obviously i'm super excited about that i have yet to figure out how i'm going to fit it into our minions and misfits theme but (laughs) you know a knight doesn't go on a quest unless he feels like he doesn't belong where he is so Mm. you know well said but what does the knight the knight's horse do (laughs) <laughs> that's a good question some of the knights have horses and some of them don't it's true huh? that's fair that's fair there are two that have been really on my radar one for the podcast one for just playing um the one for the podcast is one we've discussed about doing uh which is glaze of glory mm. yeah oh yeah <laughs> so that one looks like a you're welcome fun yeah season three was almost is. blaze of blaze of, of uh it was close yeah. glades yeah. of glory glaze of glory glaze of glory yeah which uh if i remember correctly you play as squires for competing knights and try to kind of undermine yeah. uh different stuff each, going on so it sounds like a each lot of fun. person plays the squire like each person plays a squire and their knight is the person next to them mm. if that makes that's sense great. so you're so you're playing multiple characters that's yeah fun. we need to do that at some point yeah, that's definitely happening on the podcast at some point. The one for not the podcast, because I, for the life of me, cannot find a way to make it work for the podcast, is called uh, Gubat Banwa, which is Ooh. a Southeast Asian, specifically Filipino, um, like war drama tabletop, Ooh. which is very tactical. It's 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 old mythology storytelling and like four E tactics essentially. Tactical uh, so podcast. Well, what but you it could, looks really really fun. What you could do is you could take this really like the war drama and apply it to something that's not dramatic or warlike. And so it's like chefs in a kitchen. The problem is the actual like play style is very much like you have to be like, yeah. like uh, grid combat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, um, I, I 
followed the Kickstarter and I got the PDF and I'm waiting to get the book. But uh, Monty Python's co-curricular medieval reenactment program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. We're we're gonna do it at some point. I'm I'm like we got absolutely. A, we got a lot of medieval content coming you guys' way. Yeah, no, yeah it's coming. TTRPGs. <laughs> Uh, Casual, the classic. Oh yeah, but I'm 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 very excited about that one. Um, I really love uh, Free League's The One Ring. I think it's awesome, and yeah. I'm like buying up all of the curriculum, the, all the not curriculum, all of the uh, <laughs> all the stuff for it. I don't know how we would do it in uh, in Minions and Misfits. Hobbits, halflings are the built-in misfits. That's true. The small, the small, and and stout of heart. It's such a wonderfully built game, but it's not. I, I don't think it's built for. Hu- Actually, you can do a lot of humor in it. I play. I play it with a lot of humor. So everything's built for humor. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I, re- I really I love mean, the game. Lord of the Rings has some incredible moments of just you don't expect it humor. Yeah, you're right. reading Fellowship of the Ring, and it's, you want to talk like, about serious not built and dramatic, humor? and then suddenly Pippin's like, "Oh yeah, he's been like this all day." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BT dubs. What about sick you're and about breakfast? Not built for humor, Morkborg. Not made for humor, and yet here we are. <laughs> oh, that's true. But yeah, I love the One Ring and then the Monty Python RPG. I'm very excited about both of those. Yeah. What's the? There's another one that we've been talking about doing with the Western. What's that one called? Oh, yeah, Cam. Uh, Frontier Scum. That's the one. Yeah, That's another one I would really love to do. Yep. That's still on the list. Um, Mothership is still on my list. That's one of your favorite of all time. Yep. There was another one. Our lovely Cam here has made lots of content for Mothership. And there's well, just the one content. The one published it's a content. Big, it's a pretty. It's a pretty big content, my man. Um, <laughs> and the another one. I don't know that I've brought it up before on mic, but it's a um, it's a setting slash game called Ultraviolet Grasslands. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this personally. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast stuff. It's by Luca Rejic, I think is how you pronounce their last name. R e j e c. But it's um. It's if a an acid rock album was an RPG. Um, yes. It's if you just go go into YouTube, listen to the song "Colossal" by Wolf Mother, and <laughs> and that's the pod, that's and the, picture that's the, that's that as an RPG. It's like um, <laughs> that sounds excellent. Uh, Luca has claimed inspirations like Wolf Mother. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tame Impala. And then also games it's like quite a shift. <laughs> and then also games like um, Oregon Trail and uh, oh, things like that. Like it's a basically the party members are caravanning across this vast and strange land and discovering all kinds of weird stuff on, along the way. But there's a Luca wrote a system to go with it that's called Uranium Butterflies. Mm-hmm. That is a dense book it's mm-hmm. like trying to learn D from scratch <laughs> it's uh, it's tough so if we do that if we do that as a season we'll probably be using the ultraviolet grassland setting with a more rules light system mm-hmm. i like well, that like the- cam you're one of like the chillest and like meekest people i know <laughs> but you like these like heavy metal doomsday RPGs? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I I contain multitudes. <laughs> oh, and don't an, say it in a puddle, Swiss. I I contain multitudes. <laughs> um, 
Huddles is a perfect example of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another one that I, another quick one I want to shout out is another um, uh, Into the Odd spinoff called Int- mm. Into the Bronze, Ooh, the Bronze, nice. the Bronze Age RPG. Well, it's that. basically just uh, like an RPG set in Bronze Age Mesopotamia. That sounds fascinating. I love historical stuff. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for anything anthropological, historical. Love it. Oh, yeah. So the ones that I have really been interested in here yes. recently, or just always, um, I'm constantly talking about Pendragon. Oh, uh, yeah. Pendragon. Mm-hmm. I don't play that with I you. I don't remember who it's by, uh, but it's about uh, you all play knights of Pendragon era England, but specifically you're going to play three different knights. Your first one, their heir, and then their heir. Ooh. Uh, as you play through pre-Arthur being born in the era of Uther, through Arthur uh, through Arthur departing and going over the sea. And uh. it's it's very character-driven, and like your character's changes and growth and your relationships, and I, I love that. It's written very by... Nice. Greg Stafford and published by Chaosium, who published uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, they're all the Cthulhu stuff. We love that. I have to play uh, Sir Robin. Like, <laughs> brave, brave Sir Robin. Yeah, you have. You've mentioned Pendragon before. I didn't mm. know that it. I didn't know that whole um, generational aspect to it. Yeah, which I really every session like is about a year. Maybe like mm-hmm. two sessions might happen in a, in a year, um, but it's it's definitely not very fitting for minions and misfits because every mm-hmm. knight is an mm-hmm. anime action hero <laughs> anime and uh pendragon have a lot in common actually yeah. arthurian legend um that's the problem with many um what's it called um mutants and masterminds a lovely tabletop ooh. rpg that i love for superhero stuff but <laughs> does not work for our genre so um there's another uh, one there's actually a, an element like that of time passing and leaps and bounds in mythic bastion land that i think is mm-hmm. going to be very interesting for the same reasons nice oh wait there is w- another one go ahead oh oh <laughs> we are running out of time there are two but did you oh, did you have real fast uh wendy's par- published an rpg called wendy's yes. feast of uh, legends and then there's also that one that's fun. inspired by stardew valley and harvest moon called wishing well yes that one i want that'd be fun um yeah although that one was a little I, bit expensive if i'm being honest <laughs> Everything's expensive. It's RPGs. Expensive. But Wishing Well was cool, and I think I want to combine that with other systems. Feels like a nice light one that would be easy to like mix and blend. Absolutely. Like with this new system that I just missed the Kickstarter for called mm. Wilderfeast. Mm. Very like Monster Hunter inspired, where you hunt and care for giant crazy monsters and eat them. <laughs> and then you are like mutated based on oh, yeah. what you ate. And I, I loved exploring the themes of food and connection between people eating and between what we eat. I feel like in our society, we're very, uh, our North American society, we are very disconnected from our food. I've mm-hmm. heard that there's a lot of kids that don't even realize a chicken nugget comes from a chicken. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's really important to know where our food comes from and to, to respect what we eat and uh, the land that grows it and also to connect with each other as we eat there's a lot of power to food and i love that amen well said um also i have a host of like single page games kind of like honey heist mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. just waiting to be made one shots there's one called the big rock candy hex crawl <laughs> that i think would be yes. perfect for us 
there's one that I found recently called Ossuary that's literally like Oh, I've seen that one around. Yeah, yeah. It's literally it's a single eight by ten sheet front and back basically worth of rules. Like you can just print it on one sheet of printer paper. But it's it's so compact and well written that it seems like uh like it would be really fun to play. Nice. Well the story is we need to play a thousand games and we need eight hundred people to play them with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and um Wilderfeast is published by or will be published by Horrible Guild. Uh, oh, there's a quick start guide out now if anyone listening wants to check it out on their Kickstarter. Uh, I'm yes, currently please. waiting <laughs> to be able to get on the list uh, for when they publish the whole book. But the last system yeah. I'll mention um, is called Good Society, by written by Gailey Gordon, or nope, Haley Gordon, um, and V. Hendro and Alex Robinson also helped in there, oh, and illustrated... You, yeah. by Raven Warner and Aviv Orr, published by Story Brewers Roleplaying. Lots of credits there. Good Society is a Jane Austen TTRPG system, <laughs> focusing on all the very Austen-y things of secret desires and scandals and, and romance and all the shenanigans that come with a good society. Oh. My, my, There's... my wife just finished watching everything Bridgerton related, so we'll, <laughs> I'll get to test how much of that I've I've got gained by just osmosis. by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wonderful board game called Marrying Mr. Darcy, if you haven't played it, Ooh. if you're into Austin stuff, that I highly recommend. Ooh. Well, uh, speaking of testing his Bridgerton Austin era <laughs> knowledge, this is the system we're going to be using in our season Ooh. four. Woo! Uh, which yes. I will be GMing, yes. facilitating. That's right. We yes. brought her onto the staff and then immediately threw her into the DM. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yes, they threw me. I didn't shove my way into the chair. <laughs> she's, she's gone mad with power, everybody. Ah, <laughs> I've got to make more people play these RPGs. In this I'm so game, um, I'm not sure if we want to, to try to make it more of a an Austin flavor era. Or if we want to go uh, more classic, because I'm thinking with this one, we will be, our players will be uh, typical NPCs in a D&D starting town, the tavern keeper, mm. the tanner, the captain of the watch, all very important people to themselves and their society, <laughs> not so much to the obnoxious adventurers that are just running havoc through their town. So um, and I we'll like be focusing on all their their interconnections, their 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 passions, and their what's the word? their goals. That's the word I'm looking for. I like that idea. But I also like if we were to play it, Jane like Jane Austen, but from the perspective of like the British lower class who are just watching all <laughs> of this happen from the outside. Like we would watch um, like an episode of Real Housewives. Mm. <laughs> the problem it's is the like, system is focused on important people, or, you know, quote-unquote, oh, no. important people. Oh, man, classism showing society. up. Yeah. Yep. Oh, dear diary, my mistress or, is you know, crying because middle. she can only afford two servants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the middling. They're not the, the nobility nobility. They're not the kings and the queens and the dukes, but they're not the, the working class. Start hate. Sounds the exciting. Year These are 1738. The queen spit on me because my clothes were... Six months out of date. <laughs> so yeah, we're still working out how exactly Exciting. it's gonna look. It'll um, come out but soon. 
ish. Yeah, in a couple weeks. We'll first be having a one shot, our belated life day one shot. Happy run life by, day. Run by Sam. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> it's a Lovecraftian uh, unpronounceable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, be keeping your ears out. Uh, we're going to go back to every other week for a while, at least till we can build up some more content. Because, you know, with all TTRPGs, it, scheduling is the ultimate and BBG. half of us are in school and working simultaneously, yeah. and yeah, it's a whole thing. You know. Yeah. But we will we'll be back with half. Life Day and a new season of A Very Good Society. We'll be back. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, always. We uh, could not do this without you. Uh, and if you ever vanish, we will be very sad because so, we can't do this anymore. And we all like doing this. Mm-hmm. So thank you all so much. See you next time. Woo-hoo. Thank Peace you out. very much. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. Cam here. Thanks for listening to Minions and Misfits. If you like what you heard, don't forget to check out our socials. The links are down in the description. And please, leave us a review on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. It'll help us reach more people who can enjoy the episode that you just listened to. See you next time.